0: Big Adventures with Brian Durker is brought to you by Humphrey Summit Ski. On the corner of Beaver and Elm and in Grand Canyon Spirits on Humphrey Street in Flagstaff. The Big Adventures continue with Brian Durker and I've got Ross Garrison sitting right here in the studio with me. Old friend, old Grand Canyon guy, but much more than that. Roscoe, thanks for being Hey, Brian. It's good to be here. You know, the the thrill of life... Uh, We've been able to share for years and years and years and years, and uh, we'll get to that. Uh, I always start this thing off with just getting a little background as to where you were born and your early years. Oh, man. i got to remember that. Yeah. Try and (laughs) go that far back. It's a long way. Okay. Born 1950 in San Mateo, California, of a Navy family. Oh, your dad was Navy. Yeah. You know, submarines and that kind of thing. World War II and Korea. So I was a Korean baby. My older brother was the World War II baby, and wow. we lived at uh, Treasure Island on the, the one of the islands in the Bay Area. That's right. The Bay Bridge goes over it. lived there. Oh, I never knew that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we lived on Navy bases when I was a little shit. Uh huh. So and then that happened. And when it was about four or something? I think he got out of that kind of thing. Uh huh. But he was actually still in the military. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you have four brothers, right? Three brothers, three brothers, three brothers. Yeah. brothers Jeff, Walt, and, and Rich. Rich and Rich is passed. So yeah, I remember. He was, he was, that. A, he was the World War II baby. So. Yeah, <laughs> he's the older one. Yeah. So he's he's gone, he'd be gone. And then uh yeah, mom's gone, you know, that that age, hell, we're barely here. So <laughs> <laughs> they're all gone. <laughs> they're all they? gone.
1: But Well, yeah. <laughs> they lived
0: good, amazing lives, you know. You think about our parents and uh oh, amazing the generation. incredible transition from no airplanes to wars to Depressions, they did it all. Goes on and on. That was yeah. the great generation. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, and they took care of us. They, they put did. us on the planet. We've got to love that generation. You know, they wanted us all to go to college, and well, in my age, my generation, it was we were all going to grow up and be a little military. Just like them. Oh, he really would have liked seeing that. Oh, huh? he loved to see that. But uh, things changed. As... <laughs> Close call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. what, when did, and how did your father pass? He died of lung cancer. He was in asbestos as a, in the navy under. He was in the boiler rooms and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. Then he also was in the cleaning business and uh, laundry and cleaning had a big huge. Uh, cleaning and laundry system going on. And uh, he died at 57. The year we we all floated the canyon with no water. 1977. 1977. Yeah, 77. 77. He he died and he got sick in 76. And then uh, we all went out and helped him work. And then May came along. And at that time I was working for Harris. And uh, we went down, Bart and Stan and a bunch of Well, it was on my permit. uh, 77 was super low water, like a 1,000 cubic feet per second. And uh, I think it was they were doing a rewind on the generators. Yeah, they said it was just seep. It It was seep. Yeah. Oh, it was the first year of the river guides seminar up there at South South rim. Rim. And I got together with the superintendent, and he offered me a permit to put my friends together and go see what it was all about down there and yeah it was a phenomenal experience yeah now, that was a big adventure that was a big adventure a it was a 16-day trip that turned into 26 days and it was crazy we had to hike out for food and it's was like the real deal <laughs> yeah it was a good yeah it was a good one there. but uh, we'll get to that but uh, so you were in that area where'd you go to high school Uh, The West, uh, Los Gatos, California. Uh So it was uh, right next to the Santa Cruz Mountains came down. So I got heavily into surfing as a kid, started at 12. We used to hitchhike. That's how good things were back then. Back Uh, then you could hitchhike hitchhike as a a (laughs) 12-year-old with a a surfboard. No, we'd go down and get them because we couldn't carry them by ourselves. They were so big. That we had two of us at 12 each take an end and walk on down to the freaking cold water and uh got into it there and fell in love and then really got into it when i was like 16 yeah and that became lifestyle like a real focus of your that life that was everything yeah uh-huh. yeah i didn't care about you know i was a big football star back in high school and um. west point wanted to came and talk to my family and and that kind of thing and oh the military <laughs> <they're> tentacles <laughs> they were relentless, <laughs> the relentless <laughs> <tentacles>. <laughs> trying to get me to join that party but uh, luckily i got smart and became a Hippie surfer and didn't, didn't get shot in the back. <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> even as lousy as the marijuana was back then. Yeah, it, it got it pulled you out of the military. <laughs> it kept me kept me alive. You know, yeah, I lost my best friend, and it was in Vietnam. Yeah, in Vietnam. He, he lasted one one month. And uh, we all were trying to tell him, don't go there. That's fucking crazy. That's a bad place. Yeah, it wasn't good. And he didn't didn't do well. So, but yeah. anyway. That's and uh, yeah. the football years were good. And Yeah, but, you know, by the time I was. Did you get offers from any other schools? Uh, no, because by the time I had blown my shoulder out, and we were horrible. We, I think we lost every football game. And Breck O'Neill was, I went to high school with Breck O'Neill. Right, right. And he comes out, and he he was just so excited to be on the field. And I remember one day, he's going, oh, man, this is something, you know, the stands and everything. And I'm looking around and go, I'd rather be surfing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I was at. Yeah. And and, uh, moved on. You know, Bay Area had a lot of music all those connections oh yeah you were right there you, oh. you didn't ever go to a grateful dead concert did you oh i never heard of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you were in the epicenter Absolutely. of of anti-war and uh a lot of things so yeah you it was, were right it was there right in the center and we lived in santa cruz as soon as i graduated i went to hawaii just like you would have taken off to ski in vale yeah. or something yeah, yeah I, I did that route and uh, actually, with surfing, I got into the river stuff. I don't know if that it's we're kind of getting close to that because we were all like That's 20 years coming old. coming into that time. Yeah. So. And uh, you worked for Harris Trips when you got into the canyon, uh, and did that tweak your surfing? It actually, I we start. I started with Fred. Um, well, with, you started with Arizona uh, River. Arizona Runs. River, it's Fred, yeah, Fred Burke. Fred, yeah, sorry, mm. just, yeah. So, I, just I, for the listener, you yeah. know, it's kind of a historical element that you bring. Yeah, there is some ancient there. But uh, I met Pete Resnick at UC Santa Barbara. And I was down surfing. (laughs) He was going to school. And uh, so I ended up meeting Pete and he says, oh, you should check this out. And he had a little eight millimeter movie that he showed on the wall of a bunch of baloney boats going through Hermit or something. And at the time he's going, oh yeah, we can get down there and everybody, you can drink all you want and all this stuff. And I said, I think I'll just keep to surfing. So I ended up going to Europe and Africa and surfing all over the place. And uh, I got a call or a letter back in those days from Pete and Breck saying, hey, we're in Lausanne, Switzerland, and you're in, oh, the you're infamous, in France. the infamous, yeah, the infamous European tour, you yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> I went and stayed there for about six weeks with those guys and met all these great people, and they were all river runners. They, they would rent a lodge every year, and they'd go and just ski, and it was in Verbier, Switzerland, and, um, you know, we all lots of young Beautiful women and you know, it was perfect. No, perfect. Yeah, and so I met Bledsoe. I missed, uh, and he was there, and he had a bad ankle or knee or something, and so he and I became good buddies. So we just farted around. I wasn't much of a skier, but I had a great time and said, "Oh, well, maybe I'll come out and check this river thing out." So yeah, that's... yeah, everything was pointing that way. Yeah. All your, all, your, all these new friends. Yeah, and Bart, I think he came in. Bart and Stan Bohr, they Bart Henderson, they came in right when I I was leaving, and they were just showing up. Right. So I I ended up going back to Hawaii and surfing, and then I showed up in April out here in Flagstaff and uh, hitchhiked out here with a buddy of mine and uh, got a job working for Hatch as a driving cars. You know, they need the shuttle drivers. and And at that time, I had long hair, and he looked at me, and this is, you know, Ted, and he goes, you know, Ross, you seem like a real nice guy, but you better cut your hair if you want to work down here. So <laughs> I, the old yeah, Ted Hatch, Hatch. and he, he turned me on to Fred and was Pete was working there, and uh, that's where I met Tom and Moody and oh, some of my, my best right. cars. No, classic, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lou Steiger. Yeah. And... Lou was just starting, and he was like 16. Yeah, he was a brillo headed little, brillo-headed little yeah. lad. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of when I met all you guys. Yeah, I I was already there, but those days I remember well the Ver- Marion Cliffs scene and oh God that was Whale. That. Or- yeah, Whale lived in my room. I would I had this girlfriend that worked at Lee's Ferry, and so we'd crash out in my truck or whatever i had volkswagen bus or something probably Yeah, it was a volkswagen bus and uh whale took my room and he he just moved in there <laughs> oh, he just well he, he did ever he lived in every apartment i ever had i know so he was yeah he was there bart was there that's why i got to know bart <laughs> because he showed up everybody was trying to freelance terry collier bunch, yeah bunch all the utah I, boys no, these you know? are all big names you guys that are listening and yes. oh funny thing about whale uh I'd move apartments here in town. I never spent much time there, but I told my mom, hey, I just got a new little apartment over here, told her where it was, and she goes, now this apartment, you're not going to have whale living, are you? And I, I, I said, what's my choice? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> he moved right in. Yeah. He took, took over, yeah. he moved right rolled in. his cigarettes. And, yeah. <laughs> Um, but so then, how'd you get lined out with uh, Don Harris? Well, Fred, uh, there was uh, politics going on with AR. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Tom and Pete were owners, or his fam- their families were, and with Fred. And uh, were, Fred was a representative in the state of Arizona, and so was Tom's dad. So that's how they knew each other. So they invested in the company, bought Vermilion Cliffs. That was like the second year they had been there, and I showed up. Carol loved me. That was really all it took. You know? Yeah. I no, mean, she, 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 she liked you. You were in. You were in. So she Carol being <laughs> Fred Berg's wife. Yeah. Sorry. The infamous. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, uh, at the same time, the Harris boys were always coming through. Everybody was. Yeah. Everybody went by yeah. And so- Also, uh, it had a bar and pool table. That's exactly where everybody was there. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I started off as a bartender. Uh-huh. A, no, a, really. a non-drinking bartender. So I was the, the Fred says, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll train you. I'll give you four trips your first year. But you have to run this bar when you're not on the river. So I did that and fed Navajos. Yeah, you could have had worse choices <laughs> yeah. in life right there. Huh? Give me a room, you know. And, <laughs> and so it worked out perfect because I could still surf when the waves were good in the winter and go back to Hawaii or wherever I was going and then still run this river. So I'm going, oh, this is perfect. You know, I got a real job. So uh, yeah, cool, totally anyway. cool. So anyway, Harris was coming through, and there was all sorts of chaos around ARR. So I got talking with Don and uh, the son and Al it, Harris's boy. He was taking over. So I ran one trip with Don and uh, Mary, yep. and his wife, and uh, totally and... legendary. Uh, yeah. Don Harris of Harris Trips was he was the only outfitter everybody loved. Yeah. He really he was. He was the sweetest, nicest guy. And his wife was three steps ahead of him. I mean, yeah. She was just no. like a I met, princess. I met her, too. Yeah, yeah. She was, She was. you know, they do all their food and everything. So it was a whole different feel. It was really small. I mean, ARR was small. We only had four employees or five or something. But I think Harris yeah. Trips was probably at that time the smallest company. Yeah. They're one of them, one of them, them, them. and Monkey right. and, you know. Yeah, so... Um, Al said, Why don't you come work for us, you know, the next year. So I stayed with Fred for about three three years. Uh-huh. And then um uh, they were over in Kanab. so I said, Sounds great. Let's go uh, check this out. And um Did that anger me. Fred at all? Oh yeah. 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 I yeah. not see that going over like yeah. a turned in the punch bowl. There. Was, well, what's ironic about the whole thing, I did a trip with Tom Moody on McLean. On your old company's permit. Yeah, on Dick and, McCallum. Yeah, and we took down O'Connor, the gal from Arizona that was the Supreme Court. Oh, uh, Sandra Day S- O'Connor? Connor. Yeah. So we took, Tom had put a charter together with all their kids. So we had like 15 kids that were, the parents weren't there, but we had all her kids and, you know, other politicians. Extended. Yeah, you know, political political all family. Arizonans. And, um, we took two boats, and Tom rode one of those big, huge snout rigs, and I had an old Army Surplus 10 man, and that was, we we had people swimming everywhere, you know. <laughs> oh, these kids, oh, go ahead, jump in. You know, it was the days where, you, go ahead. It's, it's hermit, here, grab a life jacket, at least put that on. You know? <laughs> so that was my first encounter with... Uh, you guys, actually. Yeah. And with uh, Dick. And, right. Because and we were in Everton Flagstaff. We'd come through here, and i go, oh, what a great place. And then we go back down to Vermilion. Yeah. And uh, stayed there, and then moved to Canab and uh, worked for Harris for Clefford took over. Dave Clefford. Yeah, Dave Clefford yeah. took over. And Dave and Mary. Uh, what was her? Mary. It was Belle. It was, that's all I knew her as, the French word for beautiful. And, and she so was. She was. And uh, anyway, so Dave- He had, what I liked about it, we had permits all over the place. So I was able to go up to Cat and Desolation Gray. And so I'd spend time kind of living in Green River and all these places that I would never have been exposed to. And spent time with Slight and, um, you know, Mokey Mac and all those guys in Green River. Got to know them pretty well and uh, ran his Utah part. So Bart would come. You ran Harris's Utah thing. yeah. For and uh, like three years. I even did a trip or two up there with Bart and, yeah. and a few other guys. Oh, and I, I think I was on a trip with you. I don't know if you remember. It was uh, uh, Pete had put a big trip together. In a up bunch on of, Cat. Uh, yeah, on Cat. And it was super high water. And we were all, you know, the collier was there. And Was that the one that uh, you kayaked? Well, Joy said, I'm going to row yeah. your boat. And I go, well, Joy, I, I need the money. I, I, need to, yeah, that was- I need to work. And she goes, no. You can take the paycheck. I found you a kayak. Yeah, you can kayak, and she took my boat. So I'm the only kayaker in the water. <laughs> yeah, the... hundred grand. <laughs> just just was, that's all I remember. I was going. I can't even see you on the other side of the river. You know, and, it was my first exposure to that. <laughs> a really lot of big cows water. bobbing around with yeah. full trees. Trees and, and the and whole thing. thing. That, was a, that was a romping stage. That hundred grand. That was big. So. But anyway, I worked with those guys for yeah. for quite a few years. Okay, then, I've uh, never put all the pieces together as yeah. far as that. Um, and then from Harris, then, well, then I fell in love. So Tom Moody and I and Terry Collier started this little company, Gypsy Wind. Right. So where I stayed in Hawaii and was teaching people how to sail and surf and do that side of it. So I missed a few seasons, and then I came back and then freelanced. So I picked up a bunch of trips from Oars and. Probably, you know. Did you go back to ARR ever again? No. Huh. Well, extent, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, things just yeah didn't. You know, we actually patched and made up, you know, which was great. And same with Tom because there was a it was some you know stuff that went it was south. pretty feisty there. Yeah, it went that. south, and that's for sure. Uh, and then uh, oh, there's a legendary story. I probably shouldn't even say it, but of, <laughs> of that meeting where Pete got up and. Told Fred that they were going to do a hostile takeover <laughs> yes. or something. And then here came the lawyers. Yeah. And the, oh, boy. Yeah. So that's why Fred so ended up getting rid of everybody. Everybody. And I got <laughs> out before, before Before that. Yeah. Because I wanted to row. That was the other thing. We had this big deal. You know, the motor thing was like whatever. But I really enjoyed the rowing. Yeah. And uh, so I moved more towards that. And then. That went on by. What were you doing during, during after Gypsy Wind and all the uh, you, li- you lived in Hawaii for a lot longer, yeah. Uh, I, you, you I were stayed. doing construction there, and that's yeah, just surfing and picking up river trips, you know, because I was just free and I had, we had a boat sailboat so. Uh, kept doing that for a while and then fell in love and that's what changed yeah er- you know everything. everything just like for all of us so yeah um yeah i ended up marrying carlene yeah we you were at the wedding actually and <laughs> i was he and i drove <laughs> yeah. up there he broke up with his girlfriend at that wedding <laughs> yeah. <Genie. laughs> yeah well we all do that one one day yeah, so often <laughs> i guess huh uh, uh, so but anyway so i and had kids and that I still was guiding, you know, but I just picked my trips. and Yeah. And okay. then I became a potter for seven years. Yeah, with your brother. With my brother. And that was and in the you, Sierras. You were in the Sierras. Uh, yeah. What's the town's name? Little Twain Hart. Twain Hart. Yeah. Mark, Beautiful Mark, Brett, place. Yeah, Twain Hart and Mark Twain and Bret Hart. And yeah. I saw that one uh, and yeah. met your mom and... Uh, yeah the whole became part of the, the clan yeah uh, yeah so yeah, and uh and then you did quite a bit of for, like for seven years you commercially potted yeah or yeah. uh, through pots and ran rivers. ceramics and then uh, yeah. ran rivers and then you did a lot of uh building after yeah. that yeah yeah actually your brother was one that when i we, i come to came to flagstaff with to join you guys in the science stuff right tom called up and says hey we need somebody to teach us how to run motors and we're i'm too busy and so you we put together that boat that was as wide as it was the calypso Calypso of the colorado Colorado. yeah (laughs) and that was in 84 right after uh, the flood after the flood and that's when i got my first contract tom yep and mike and i and then uh and I moved it, and joined you guys. You joined us. Yeah, and then so I. What got you it. into carpentry and uh, framing uh, and all that happy Dan, stuff? Dan, your brother. Oh, it, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got baby bottles to fill. You know, yeah. And at that time, I had Elisa was born here. And that was my four. We had four kids, so I was one of the few River people that had children, except for Glackler and a, you know, at that time. Uh, you uh, know? A few others. Yeah, yeah but so it was it was a different you know spell for me. I lived out and bought a house in Kachina. Um, yep. In that the, A-frame. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wish I had kept that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> A-frames are terrible design. <laughs> no insulation, you know? <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of indoor space you can't use. Yeah. Big, big tall. Well, luckily, the heat all went up into the peak and just yeah. terrible. Put the kids up there. And Dan, helped, <laughs> uh, Dan came over and helped me put an addition on it. And put the was, kids up there with their extra heavy jammies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at least was born in that house. So yeah. she's you know, she's thirty five now, so yeah. that's that's a long time. Well now. that puts it in the yeah, kinda in gives you perspective. There, yeah. So and I worked for you in the ski industry. Yep. You worked for me and we yep. we had uh, dabbled with bikes and right. s- uh skateboards yep. and, and out skis there at, and... out there at Peak View. Yeah, out at Peak View and then yep. uh, and that's when I got and into Then you left back for California, I think. No, I stayed oh, no, you... I started carpenter. That's that's how you I got his car. Dan says, Hey, I carpet. need some help. Um it, it, one day he showed up at the house and says, Hey, I need some help and I need a body. And so i got into it and started working with him, which is God bless the man. I, he's he's the best. Well, you learn a lot from him. He's an ex he's really an excellent oh, he's, he's perfectionist a, builder. Yeah, know. he's a craftsman that's for a, sure. A, I yeah. I learned a lot from Dan too. Yeah. So, so I I worked with Dan and uh, one thing led to another and all of a sudden I'm standing on the top of log buildings, walking around high up in the air and having fun. You know? And yeah. so I, I loved it. And that's, I love being outside. I like the work and I just kept going from there. And then I went on to, back to California, moved to Truckee because the skiing was much better. You, you had got yeah. me way into skiing. Yeah. So and that's your problem. And, uh, It was time to move on. To you know, it was close to the family. Uh, Yeah, Carly, no, it all made sense. And then you started uh, building and flopping houses. Yeah, big time. And so I was building. By the time I was done, I was building multi-million dollar homes for billionaires in in Tahoe. No, you were, and that's what you did for. That's almost up till now. Yeah, I did it. I quit in two thousand nine, right when actually when Tom passed. Uh huh. Uh, That year, I kind of. Reassess my whole situation, and uh, Tom and I were super close, and just like we all yeah, were. Yeah, was a earth earth shaking time. Tom yeah. Moody was a really good friend of us. Ours is, and he uh, had an airplane rack with another really good friend of ours. Yeah, so that Frank was... Prouty, and it was a dark dark day here in Flagstaff. Yep. Uh, so I, I can see how that, as close as you guys were, I can really see how. Yeah, that, it just changed my whole perspective. I go, why am I working my ass off for you know? I mean, yeah, kids for this short for life. I, yeah, so I immediately grabbed, I pulled one of my kids, uh, Lisa, out of college, and Jesse. My nephew, and I said, let's go to Nepal, because I had heard this hike I had done with Breck back in 1974 or something. Um, that was the first time I went to Nepal. So I always had that. That's where I got into hiking and all that kind of heavily and, um, ended up going back to, uh, Nepal and we did the Annapurna trail with my daughter and my son. And then we did another big hike. So we were there for like three months, just hiking all over the place. Oh, and, cool. And, uh, and you brought your kids. Yeah. And so at least went back to school and I carried on and I ended up going to Nepal tons of times after that. Yeah. yeah, right up to a couple of years ago, weren't yeah. you, Yeah, Yeah, last trip I was there was uh, 18 or 19 or something, 2000. Uh-huh. So it was like three or four years ago. Yeah. But the elevation's getting a little bitch. A little, yeah, Have a bitch. you been to base camp? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's like at, what, 20-something thousand? Uh, it's, it? it's 18 or something right in there. But there's, uh-huh. there's, there's a series of great trails out there that you can call three passes where you go across and you circumvent all of uh, Everest, but you're going over these 18 foot passes, and uh, that became kind of my little zone. It's the Sherpa lands and uh uh-huh, and, and, and little villages, oh yeah, it's, river crossings, yeah, and, and all the all the stuff. It was it's the easiest, best place to go walking if you want something exotic. So yeah, it's fast and easy. No, fantastic. Yeah, so and you've really dedicated a lot to your hiking as of late. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, tomorrow it's Day after tomorrow, you're going to do a long Grand Canyon, yeah. Thing, all right. I'm going to. But tell us there. a little bit more about this year. I mean, or the last couple of years, you did the Pacific. I did parts. Parts. I lived in Truckee, so that was a, the Pacific Crest Trail goes right through. You know, it's like five miles away, so it was like the backyard, just like you guys with Humphrey Summit. You know, yeah. you go up and ski and hike and do all that stuff. So I had done a lot of the PCT. And um, went back oh, well, to the Pacific Crest, Crest Trail. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then in 2013, I did like a few months uh, on that, uh, spent time in the Sierras, just wandering around and uh, took my kids would come in and out and all that kind of, they were all getting older. So re- recently I've done the Continental Divide Trail this last year and did, I still have Wyoming, which I'm saving, uh, and the San Juan's. So there's two I want to do next year when it's the right season. You know? Uh-huh. And uh, catch the wind rivers and uh, and get up into the uh, my goal is to get up to the headwaters of the Green River, which is in the wind rivers, and also right. the headwaters of the of the Colorado up out of Estes Park, uh-huh. and spend a few months this coming year to do that. Oh, cool! And just get back to the roots of it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, thought probably this year I put on two thousand miles. Of, wow, of really? Yeah, and that was on the some all mostly it was New Mexico. Uh, montana idaho uh colorado and then washington where where were you in new mexico we started at the mexican border and then hike all the way up to colorado so the the trail is mexico to canada and so it goes through those states new mexico colorado wyoming and montana and i wow so it catches the, it's the rockies you're hiking the the crest of the rockies and it follows it really well it's it's pretty amazing. And do you summit as well? So a few places, a yeah. A few places yeah. you go. Yeah. I, there's 14ers all over Colorado. Oh, yeah. And I, I moved to Colorado about four, five years ago now and built a house out on the Western Slope. So I was really close to everything. And you do know. you still have that? No, we just sold that. Uh, my daughter, uh, Lisa, had a baby. And we said, well, you need the money for some other stuff. I don't care. you know. So we, we got rid of that. And uh, just last... February oh wow yeah so I've been free kind of volunteer homeless you know, just hiking yeah. yeah why need why do you need a house when you're hiking a thousand miles <laughs> a day <laughs> yeah so I'll do the grand part here this coming you know day after tomorrow start that and then uh, and so let's talk about your route here in Grand Canyon what are you gonna do I'm going down Tanner and then head towards a little Colorado. And it's permit-oriented. Everything in these parks is so uh, just a glacier, and it's, you got to get the permits to all work. And so I'm going towards Little Colorado, and then I'll split back and go to Boucher and come out there. So Oh, so you'll do the the taro all the way yeah. to Boucher. Yeah, and then come out there and then go home for, you know, back to see the kids Thanksgiving, and then I'm heading to New Zealand to do their long trail that goes through. Oh, wow. Yeah. T. Aurora, or something it's called. It's the long path, it's called. And it's like a couple thousand miles. Oh, really? Yeah. And it goes through the South Island and the North. I'll probably just do, I only have time, three months of uh, visa time. So I'll probably just do the South Island, which is probably about 1,500 miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to go down there. Uh, my brother's been down there and a lot of other people, friends of mine, but I'd love to get down there to. Yeah. Maybe I'll just. Quit doing all the stuff I'm doing. Yeah, right. Come with you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow, that's exciting stuff. Now those are all big adventures. Yeah, we've got some you know really. Well, I'm the oldest guy out there, mostly. Yeah, I'll, that's, I'll bet. Um, I mean, that's when. So the kids take take me under their wings. You know, they're they're all younger and doing triple crowns, which is like hiking all three. So a lot of people have the eye on the prize as far yeah. as these. Long haul trails, and... right, and it's a it's a community that is pretty fascinating. Most of these people are all highly intelligent. Oh yeah, very number oriented, and so they're goal oriented. You know, I'm out there kind of this old hippie guy, and the, you just the like shaman, yeah. the shaman wandering <laughs> the universe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're all like, okay, I got three point seven miles, and I got to go and get thirty seven. And they were walking, they were walking thirty five miles a day. Wow, you know, I do twenty. And that's, that's about my... No, 20s is a good day. And uh, do you, have you run into some of these people in different places? I have. Mm-hmm. that's is fascinating. I started in New Mexico this year. And then the fires came. I don't know if you're familiar. But anyway, yeah. they shut the whole state down. Yeah. So no, we, got, it was crazy. we got booted. And I was near Chama, up near getting to yeah. Colorado. yeah And uh, a lot of them kept going. And I flipped and went back to Costa Rica for family fun and stuff. And then I jumped back on the trail And I go so slow that the guys were passing me that I had met back in New Mexico, and they were the ones finishing in three months. And you know these ultra athletes. Unreal. Yeah, it's it's a whole different culture, and it's like the river community. You know, people are helping out, but probably smart together people that have had success in their lives, or they wouldn't be able to afford to have time and. Yeah, and a lot of kids resource. getting out of college, you know, that kind of that age uh-huh. where they want to do something like that and then they get addicted to it. It's like running the river. All of a sudden they've done one trip, let's say they did the Appalachian Trail, and they go, Oh, well, there's the Pacific Crest Trail, I'll go do that one, and it becomes a way of life. Yeah. So I'll I'll Interesting. see Yeah, I'll see people in New Zealand, I'm sure that I saw on the Continental Divide Trail. Uh-huh. And then some of these guys are going so fast. Uh, you know, everybody has little nicknames on the trail. They have their new names. I don't even know what their real names are. I kept. I just. I'd go. I'm too old. I, I, I'm just Ross. Just, yeah. just call me just Ross. Ross. Yeah. It's I easier. can't remember. <laughs> exactly. <a nickname. laughs> that's exactly right. So that that's the key. But uh, yeah. So you you meet all these you know really great folks and um, you know I, there was a, one guy was a, a doctor in Phoenix. You would have no idea this guy was a doctor, but he's done every hike. He takes six months off every year. He's a surgeon, and he f- f- goes all over the world and does these long distance hikes. So there's a lot of people like that. A lot of Europeans, Swiss, German, French. Amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole little subculture, kind of like the river. King yeah, a, a real focus, and a real decided focus yeah. on gains and goals, and yeah, it's like all that stuff. Five, you know, five six months. You know? oh, um. You touched on Costa Rica. Let's talk a little bit about what got you started down in Costa Rica and, and explain to everybody kind of what you guys had and still have going on down there. Yeah, we well, Walt went down, youngest brother. Um, he's the Costa Rica connection. And then Gleckler, Bill Gleckler yeah. and oh, yeah. uh, Stoner and a bunch of guys went down there in, for, I uh, forget what year it was, 20, 20-something years ago. Anyway, a long time ago. And they uh, went down to run rivers. And I was a surfer. So for me, it was always, Costa Rica was always this little place that you could go. Go, yeah, go. Yeah, go check it out. So I, the next year, in 97, yeah, it was, it was 97, I grabbed Josh, my son, and Jesse, the other son. We went down and visited Walt, and we ran rivers for a month. And every day, we'd just do all these rivers. Some we did twice. Some we, there was, wasn't was many dams then. So we had all these river running, and it was fantastic. It was just the, some great dailies, overnights, just unbelievable whitewater. You know, the, the classic waterfalls flying in the in the creek and the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, no, so, it is absolutely you know, something stunning. down there. Yeah, yeah. it's stunning. And then uh, the waves were great. So we got this idea to open a Spanish school. And uh, this was Walt and my cousin and Kleckler and uh, myself. And we... Ended up starting a school in Turialba, which is where the whitewater is. and uh, uh, Near the Pequare. Uh, yeah, right at the head, head of that in the Riventasan, um which is partly run now, but it's damned. But anyway, and I went down to the beach and uh, fell in love with this little town of Dominical. And we said, well, let's put a school here. So I bought a hotel and we turned that into a school. And you came down yeah, actually. I, I was lucky enough to yeah. get the tour down there. You yeah. Know. Did the, the little white And Dominical is just a wonderful little surf town. Yeah. I it was, mean it's, it's, and when we first went there there was nobody there. Yeah, I mean, it was just it a was little dumb. giant. Yeah, thing. that's all it was was maybe a few surfers showing up, but then now the it's reason. it's pretty pretty famous and you know, it's changed completely. But yeah, it's on the Pacific side yeah. there and good waves and Yeah. Good waves and close to, to Walt, so we c- come and go. And you know the mountains there. How how far is it from Terry? i I'm trying to remember. It's, a couple hours. Yeah, it's more like four. Four hours. Yeah, but it's a small country. But you know you're going up on the Pacific. Oh, coast. and those roads are wild there. Yeah, zigzaggy. And they're all yeah, and they're all the drivers are first generation drivers. They didn't have cars when we first went there. If you saw a car, it was unusual, and now it's just full of all these. Guys that sold their farms and trying Horrible to drive. Horrible drivers! Yeah, oh, yeah. God, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> they are bad. Aren't they? They, are, they are so bad. And the bus drivers are terrifying. Yeah, and the buses are terrifying. Just to, 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 you know, but it's it's, it's modern. Yeah, it's all moderned out quite a bit in the yeah. last you know ten years. Ten years or fifteen yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. So we're yeah we're heading back down there in uh, January. and uh, go. So. um Tell us a little bit about the schools and yeah. uh, how that went and how that's going. Yeah, it's still out there. Um, we were when we first started, we had a bunch of universities working with us, and we were teaching medical Spanish, and we were the first ones in the world to do this. And then all of a sudden, pe- you know, oh, good idea. So they uh, in Costa Rica for a Latin country is pretty advanced. So when the doctors would come, or the, they were residents, they'd come down from Syracuse and you know, Temple University, and every year we had these 30, 40 people come down. And so we'd teach them Spanish, and then they do the adventure stuff. So we we're that's how Gleckler and I really got into it, is because from the adventure side. Oh, from the adventure side, yeah. absolutely. And so yeah. we did the rivers, and we, you know, they do the climbing and the ropes and all sorts of, you know, surfing and all sorts of out, outdoor activities and kept them busy with that. So when uh, we I had three schools... We had one in Turialba, one in Dominical, and then one up in R and all, um, and we still have them. It's just to slow it down quite. Since 2008, things have slowed quite a bit, and uh, just we the universities found out they'd go to Ecuador and actually. You know, cut on people. They were they'd hand them a knife. You go and ahead. learn learn Spanish it's, it's, while they cut. while they're cutting. You know, in <laughs> Costa Rica they were going. No, this isn't. You know, we take them to the hospital, and but it, it's a, it's not the same as Ecuador, or Peru. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. and so a lot of our schools started going down to those places because they could get more. You know, out of it out as of it, far yeah. as what they're uh, we're looking for yeah. as far as the language element. And... Yeah. So Walt's still down there. He he lives there, and he's uh, he spends. Well, runs a bunch of trips with Arizona River Runners, and and then he just left the other day to go back, and so he's Uh he's still, you know, yeah, we're still doing well in the. the And is is your brother Jeff still doing the pottery business? No, he's actually uh, he's became a salesman for the uh, the Spanish School. Oh wow! Yeah, he got got out of pottery in. kind of just left that behind it was time to move on and oh so he's the administrative hustler for getting yeah, getting getting folks folks in there yeah and so he he does that but he's retired everybody's you know we're all getting older so he's he's slowing down in that and yeah you know walt will probably take over more of it but yeah we got students coming from all over the world still so it's still yeah, that, it's still, really an amazing thing you've got to about. yeah it's nice so it, it works out you know meet a lot of good people and uh, and we lost we in uh, Terriaba, We lost our friend, yeah, Lee, Lee. Loco Lee. Yeah, Loco Lee. Oh, Lee. shout out to him. Yeah, because he was he's... a really cool, oh. good friend. That was hard on Walt, big time. You know, yeah. yeah. Really, they were good friends. World class musician. He played with everybody in somewhere in Austin, Texas. What was what was Lee's river company named? Uh, it was actually Locos. It was Locos. You know, crazy, now. which is Spanish for crazy, and uh, he fit that bill pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great guy. Oh yeah, And he Very ran. Totally. He ran That's all us them. to the world. Yeah, he's he's he was a good one, and he did all the the rivers and and so we we'd always connect with him. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he, he was kind of the heart of it right there. Yeah, and so he was he was a good one. Came really good friends with Bill because music is huge. The, the boys playing music and Erica. Um, she yeah. she come down and yeah. they all played and uh, a lot of a lot of music yeah. yeah which is a fantastic addition to that lifestyle and yeah, it's what burning, we do you know, right? Right? yeah and so you know especially for Gleckler and Walt you know they were into it and so you'll do your hikes and uh, but you're still hands on when you're down there as far as uh, the schools or are you hands on at all No, you're, I was always just an investor, the benefactor. Yeah, to, uh, I was the money guy. Uh-huh. Um, so. Uh, I, you know, still have a we still have a hotel down there. The one you stayed out, it's still down there. so we leased it out. Oh, you and leased it. Yeah, I, it just I became, had heard maybe you were going to sell it. Well, or... we're we're in the process of looking at that, trying, but it's anyway. It's Costa Rica. It's right on the beach. It's also oh it's no, a, it's politics. a neat, neat hotel too. Yeah. It's a small, real Costa Rican hotel, but I mean, it's really beautiful. You know, we're all we all went different different routes. You know, yeah. I had a, a my second wife, Susie, she. She and I had we I built a house there, so we had a house down there also, and then uh, kind of it's, she's from Switzerland, so she originally, so she's a mountain girl, so it was just started to spend more time hiking in Switzerland and my free times uh-huh. in uh, Europe. We did Tour de Mont Blanc and a bunch of stuff oh, all God. over, you know she speaks five languages, so she's like. Let's go hang out with Susie. Yeah, her mom still follow her. her still, yeah, around. follow her around. So yeah. her mom still is. So I, that's how I really got into the hiking thing. It just worked better for, you know, she wasn't a surfer and it's hot. You know how it is down there. It's, yeah, it can be pretty hot and stupid. So right. Um, and uh, what's she doing now? She's painting. All of, you know, she's an she's artist. She's an incredible artist. Yeah, she's so she's busy. She does those big mural interiors and yeah. just does some amazing stuff. Yeah, she's got big murals all over Lake Tahoe and some of the buildings there and stuff. So. And she's also even been overseas yeah. with she's that craft, right. right? Yeah. I mean, she's she's hired in Europe. Um, you know, She's done a bunch of stuff in Switzerland. Uh-huh. Uh, same kind of thing. She gets clients and they fly her over. She's, like, she got flown to, I don't know, France. Just, you know, they work on the house. Come on over and paint. So how cool is that? Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's a, a remarkable talent that she's got. It's cool that she's got that niche and vocation, you know. Yeah, and that's her passion. Yeah, you know? and so she's really focused on doing that stuff. And so uh, you'll do that. You go down to Costa Rica. What else have you got planned? You said you were gonna. Uh, what was the thing after Costa Rica you had New, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to Costa Rica for, in January, and then in February, I'll leave for New Zealand. For and have months. you been uh, to New Zealand before? No. That's a, that's, One uh, of the few well, places you haven't been. Right. It's, that's, I've been to about <laughs> every continent there is, except I haven't been to Australia, which is funny, because the surfing thing. But when you live in Hawaii, why would you go, you know, it's like if you live it out Four Hawaii, million you, miles away. Yeah. yeah why why go somewhere um, else? The serving's supposed to be good in New Zealand, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's amazing. Are you going to surf there? No. I'm pretty much, my shoulders are, you know, I'm 70, I'll be 73 next next time. So it's, it's the body's just not, you know, I could go out and ride. just like you skiing on a bunny hill, you know? Do you want to be doing that? And yeah. If you want to do black diamonds and double black diamonds, it gets to a point where, I'm not surfing pipeline, oh, you know, right. so I just kind of, I'm one of those people. I think I, I just stop and I'll just get a passion about something else. Yeah. So it's, uh, well, I'm sure that'll happen to me with the skiing, but, uh, it hasn't. It hasn't yet. Hasn't yet. It, yeah. It, well, it one nice thing about it skiing, out. it's seasonal unless you travel. Whereas you know? servings year around. It's year around. It was addiction, you know, and there's no doubt about it. It was hardcore. I was, I give up everything for that and i got back into it when my 50s and 60s big time i'd go i was going down to costa rica every month and spending a good half yeah half i remember a month. you were spending a lot of time down yeah. there and uh, and it, just riding waves and checking out quetzal birds and just enjoying oh yeah like, no it's, it's a yeah. treasure trove of all the god's creatures you yeah. know it's like yeah. same thing aquatically it's got that uh nutrient it's kind of a nutrient sump to where number of species oh yeah the, the, of fish and of birds and, and a, dolphins it's just whales. an amazing place yeah there's more whales and dolphins there there else in the world yeah and they all come down and hang out and these, you know so you go out and you paddle out and there's you know porpoises flying around and whales and everything so oh yeah no it's got to be fantastic yeah, so. Where where's the best surfing down there on the Pacific side? Uh, yeah, there's there's some on the Caribbean side, but it's not as consistent, and it's changed. There was a big earthquake, and it lifted the whole reef up in this one place called Salsa Brava and changed the whole reef, so it's not as good. But there's a wave down, you know, it's this, this little, quote, quote, one of the best waves in the world, but it's it's uh, left, so therefore it comes off a point break. and It's called Pavonis, and it goes on for a mile. Oh that I've heard of that. I've actually yeah. seen some video of that. Yeah. So we were we were a couple hours from there. So we'd go down there all the time and and, and you get on that curl and it just goes and goes just and goes, goes forever. and forever. Your legs get tired. Which is really hard to imagine, you know, because it's Well, it's, when I tried surfing it was the upper body that amazed me how tired you get. Yeah, we're well, just trying to figure everything out yeah and just pushing off the board and swimming and stuff like that i the few times i've tried it it's just like beats you up on the upper body yeah it's a it's a it's interesting sport it's a great sport though i've always admired the guys that do that yeah so they're doing some amazing stuff on them too now i mean doing these throwback spins and yeah, big airs and And you know, the, and riding the big waves too. Yeah, that's they a whole, all they go all over the world, huh? Yeah. They're chasing it. You know, the hill, let's say you hear of a swell in Indonesia. I have friends that'll literally get on a plane that next day and they'll be in Indonesia the next day. Yeah, to, And to there's ride. quite a group that do that, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's their whole you know, it's just like kayakers and yeah. so it's very similar, all these kind of inner inner mix. You know, these same with the long distance walkers. There's just a All a it takes is a bunch of money and you can go yeah, all over or, the world and or play. N- or none. And just <laughs> or, not, or you have a good sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> sponsors is yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me if anybody ever wants to sponsor Big Adventures with Brian Durker, uh get a hold of us, will you? There you go. Good uh, thing. It's a good thing to sponsor. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for sponsorship. Um, you know, you're a real serious guy, <clears throat> <Yeah>. Ross. <laughs> but yeah, I do funny. want to ask you a serious question. I mean, and you're a great set of eyes on this. As far as uh, we all know the footprint of humanity is beaten up the wild places and beating up the world a little bit you're seeing the best of it all trying, but as you return to places, are, are you seeing impacts or uh-huh. uh, kind of talk to us about the impact that has on you or what you're seeing? Well, the perfect example is probably Nepal. Uh, we went there in 74 whale, actually Kurt Hansen, whale yep. was there and, um, Brack and, and I ran into those guys that we didn't necessarily all go together. And, um, at that time, the, the town of Kathmandu was a little village. There was maybe five cars and bicycles, and that's how everybody got around. And now there's five million plus people in the same valley. Just in your life, just in that's my that sort of growth since yeah since what seventy four what happened there Everest no It had nothing to do with uh, the, the, the tourism is some but mostly it uh, there was a revolution so a lot of the kids were getting in pulled into the wars from the. Uh, rebels, and they'd take them and train them to be fighters. So a lot of them was escaped to Kathmandu, and that was kind of the safe safe zone. So that started it, and then industry and people want to move to cities and more population, and uh, pollution and everything. It's a it's a it's a nightmare as well. And and so much of that is population on its own right. Yeah, uh, but uh, what made Kathmandu safe? Well, they had, they had infrastructure there that could, you know, the police and everything. In other words, the, the rebels weren't strong enough. They were out in the woods, you know, out in the hills like Columbia or something. Uh-huh. And, uh, it lasted, they were Maoist, to, you know, so it was a communist thing. And so they got certain sections of the country under their p- control, but then they, they lost it. And it's now it's just a, it's almost like chaos there. They had a, um, a king and everything and all those people, they, they got shot by, uh, assassinated in, uh, 20 years ago so it's become a little quote quote democracy but it's it's pretty much it's really close to um it's stuck in the middle that's one of the things about it everybody wants the water right so china wants their water and they're to the north with tibet and then india wants their water and theirs to the south so they're stuck in the middle and they're always getting pulled one way or the other so the politics moves in the same way and do they have infrastructure as far as the delivery of the water or uh, is it just the the water goes through there first? It goes through there first and they wanna they what the big guys want is dams. They yeah. want they wanna put the dams up, which is back to our love, is the, the free running rivers and um, so the there's a huge dam being built there now. The Chinese are building. So they, each country p- keeps feeding money. You know, it's, right. it's all about, of course, the money. And, the world burn. Yeah. And they're uh, okay. trying to make it, you know, it's like the fifth poorest country. I mean, it's right there with Chad and some places in Africa. It's super poor. So the average guy's got nothing. And uh, most of them are Hindus. And then up in the mountains, you have the Buddhists. So they have their own inner, inner fightings and their own politic mess. But it's just turned into a, a complete chaos, you know. Yeah, and uh, governmentally, no stability, really. Right. Um, once they lost their king, you know, that was a big deal. And then all of a sudden, no, oh, we're going to have elections. Half- Most of these people don't even speak the same languages. Who took out the king? Uh, a nephew or somebody. Some great guy came in and took the king and the, the princesses and killed, you know, 20 people or something. Wow just came in assassinated. And then he got, and then he, he died. Then he got assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> so he was gone. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, but it's a, in answer to your question. That's the one of the perfect places to see that I've seen as far as changes. I mean, we can talk Alaska, we can talk Hawaii or anywhere else too. in California yeah. or here for that matter. Yeah. But, uh, that is the most dramatic. Um, I haven't spent much time back in Africa. I was there in the seventies and, uh, I'm sure it's changed. Spent it's a lot of time in North Africa. From what I understand, uh, South Africa, and, and of course we know of big changes in uh, Zambia and Zimbabwe. The game reserves have really gone to the seeds since Mugabe took over there. And I don't know what's going on there in the last few years. But, yeah, uh, it's Ethiopia, you know, where uh-huh. I think you were talking of Rich Banks. You were yeah. talking with him and, you know, I did a lot of stuff with him uh when we were in california yeah. you know yeah so, so i'm sure he's he's seen way more than i have um, well he, yeah, know, yeah i was busy raising kids and that's a <laughs> that's a good teaser for the listener we've got rich bangs uh, in line here to sit down and tape uh at the end of the month here so i'm excited about that little visit with him yeah he's, he's got a travel show and pretty he uh, he stayed after it you know? stayed yeah. after it uh yeah remarkable uh show too. It's really good. He really does his homework on the history of what he's talking about that's kind of was his forte and even in in the back in the day in yeah, the day. yeah so. but but uh isn't it remarkable how important national parks are and is is there any sort of a park system that's helping over there with these blow ups of population and city? Yeah, um, stuff. yeah. Himala- then the uh, Himalayas—they realize there's money, so they're uh, with the climbers, and that's huge business now. Yeah. So they have—they have not—they have, they have actually have a park where you pay to get into, and then you can hike within the Sherpa region. And uh, and is it uh, administered and protected by yeah. the Sherpa? And they're part of it, but it's mo- it's like a living park, so that, that they didn't move people out. You know, it's not like a natural thing because the mountains take care of that. But and there's all those little villages. Yeah, and they're all the same, and that hasn't changed much. It's just the routes have changed. So let's say if you were on a route that they moved, you know, it would be like the trains in the west. If the train didn't go through your town, you were done. Yeah. So there's a lot of that where the the trails got moved, and then so these little towns, nobody goes there anymore. Yeah, or like our footprint at the Route 66, a lot of these yeah. little towns, like, yeah, As Fork and Seligman got bypassed by the freeway. Right, same, same similar same damn thing. thing. Yep, and and they all f- and now they're turning back. Like in in Nepal, I know they've uh, you you pay you know so much money to go hiking, and you know they have permits, and they all, certain regions they opened up. Like when we first there with uh, when I was with there with Breck, um, there was very few things open. I mean, the country had only been open. Literally only open for twelve years or something. Right, right. And so you could only hike to certain spots. And now they've opened a lot more of it up. And uh, if you're not on a big alpine expedition, a, a wanderer like you, is it very expensive to get permits? No, no. They keep it. They keep that, it reasonable for yeah. the people. Yeah, right? yeah there's or, okay. lots, lots of Europeans. I mean, it's a it's a destination place to hike. And it's logistically, it's really simple. You show up, they get a permit, and you just start walking. Start walking. Yeah. So it's. uh, And do you find that there are parks in a lot of other places that you go? Yeah, Costa Rica obviously. Um, Yeah. Twenty percent of their country is parks. Yeah. So that that part. Ecuador had a few. Peru not so much. Um, So Colombia not. Yeah, it's not a. It's a different. It's a different deal. Yeah. But but Nepal realized they could make money on it, and India has done very similar. You can go to the Himalayas there, so and people, are, you know, when we first started doing all this stuff. Nobody else was doing it, so now it's pretty popular. I and mean, now yeah. everybody's <laughs> gotten a clue, and I think a lot of some countries, I think, have uh, gotten the the importance of parks from the United States. Yeah, course. I think that's our our greatest thing we've handed to the world. Contribution to the world, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like. The, uh, Ken Burns put it the America's best That's, idea. Yeah, which it it is and I just left Glacier um and I was hiking I was doing the Continental Divide and it takes you through Glacier and I'd never been there and that park is completely run by grizzly bears. They everything works around the grizz so if, if It's if, a beautiful park. Oh, it is. Is and, there any glacier left? Yeah. Yeah, there's still still stuff. They're there. they're receding pretty amazingly. Though. Yeah, it's definitely changed on that on that realm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah uh, the the freedom of the creature in in our parks is incredibly important. Uh, Yellowstone's a classic yeah. example. There's another one. Yeah, and, that's a, and the grizz is a okay. big a big deal. And in Grand Canyon, yeah. the bighorn sheep can get old without getting shot.
1: Yeah. You know, and they,
0: uh, they're down. You, or, know. you know, every park has that element that prospers from its protection, yeah. humans included. And the critters know what's going on. You know, they, they'll they'll sneak back in there and stay during hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> they do, too, yeah. oh, they particularly in Grand Canyon. Um, do you have optimism? Um, yeah, uh, I do, just because there's still a lot of wild out there that. If if no, as I have optimism for people like us who love the wild, we can still go find it. Um, as far as my kids and what they're going to get, um, not quite as optimistic. But yeah, you know, it's a different world than it was when I was a little kid. That's for sure. Oh well, yeah, no, yeah. we were we were lucky. Oh, you know we're the, we're the the prime generation. We're, we're we're the recipients of the greatest generation. Yeah, you know, they're the ones that went through all the hard stuff, and well, we were. Put on the planet at a lucky time, weren't we? We sure were. And we also were given, um, you know, wilderness travel and all that stuff didn't even exist when you and I were kids. Oh, no. So we've been a part of kind of developing that. So, you know, if, when I go travel, you know, I'm able to tell, hey, you might want to like river companies and stuff. When you talk to people in Costa Rica, they picked everything up from, you know, guys, Americans that came down there and the Walters and the. You know, rich, Collector clear, and yeah, all. globally rich. Yeah, well, you know, uh, thrilled to get this conversation in with you because you're a busy guy, you've got more miles to walk. Uh, you guys, I'm sitting here and I look under the uh, table here, and I can see he's got a brand new pair of sneakers on ready, 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 for, for, the ready, next, ready for the next rub. job. Well, like, for example, <laughs> I use I've gone through what five four or five pairs of, of shoes in the last you know six months yeah they, no you go through them they, but they, that's that's the most comfortable shoe that the yeah we're all using run of the line all the running all the um the tra- trail runners you know yeah. that's pretty much where people have gone and, and the equipment has changed i mean you could do a whole show just like river company you know when we first started it was Army surplus, and now it's oh, yeah, big it was, business. You know, you think of cut-off Levi's. Those weren't very comfortable. No. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out the shoes. That and was the Chucky always... Taylors. Yeah. It was the only thing that was a size 15 that I could <laughs> yeah, wear. Yeah, you were stuck. With... <laughs> you had it worse than the rest. It was awful. Yeah, the th- building the thongs and or taking our well, sandals thongs. and tear them apart and glue them back together. Oh, yeah. It, well, yeah. you know, I think we were right on the front edge when Ocean Pacific came out with that. Basically the same sandal that we uh, have in at my store. Yeah, it uh, hasn't uh, changed. It's actually. just a basic sandal with good materials in it. Yeah, that, that was the first one I remember. But. Well, that's all we we hiked. You know, that's all we hiked in with sandals, and you yeah. just hope they wouldn't blow out. Ran around no shirts. We were a we were different breed. Damn near naked and free. Yeah, there was some of that. So yeah, golden golden age of river running. Well, sure. you know. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate a chance to sit with you, but also I wish you well on your adventures. Well, thanks, bud. uh, For the listener, I've asked, Ross, since you're alone all the time on these hikes, do you have emergency communication? And he, I was glad to hear that you got an end reach. And uh, yep. ho- hopefully, you'll be in a capacity that you can, you can, of can you actually know. push the. Uh, uh, who's going to come first? My body falling apart or my mind? I don't know. But No matter uh, where you yeah. are in the world, call me and I'll come save you. Can, you. Come save me. Thank <laughs> you. have done that before <laughs> a few be, times. Yeah, we, we've been through a few little events. <laughs> yeah. You, you'll notice I didn't even bring any of those up. But this is about it's, you. you. Uh, <laughs> But love you like always. Fantastic to sit here with you. Uh, You guys, thanks for sitting in, getting a piece of Ross Garrison. And uh, get those boosters, this uh, feisty little virus, huh? Get the boosters and, uh, you know, tune in for the next one. And uh, Ross, I hope you keep hiking until you're 120. There we go. Doubling, doubling down. Uh, but, yeah. uh, this, <clears throat> this is Big Adventures with Ross Garrison and Brian Durker today. Stay right side up. Big Adventures is produced by Brian Durker, Margaret Knight, and me, Gavin Bugner. Bill Gleckler and his mandolin provide our music. If you like our show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.